Welcome. I'm Victoria Sneps, president of Sneps Media. That includes Dan's Papers, AM New York Metro, Philadelphia Metro, and even Dan's Papers Palm Beach. And today, I am so delighted to be introducing you all to Melissa Cohn, who is the regional vice president of William Ravis Mortgage Company. But she started like I did in 1985. So I am so happy that, you know, here we are, that you grew into this position. Like I started with one newspaper, and now we have 88 media outlets. And, of course, now the entertainment with the podcast. So, Melissa, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure and my honor to be able to have. I love the power women. You know, to me, we have um, broken many glass ceilings, but there are so many more to break. And Absolutely. You have, because you also start small. So when you were growing up, where did you grow up? I grew up in Montclair, New Jersey. Okay. And, you know, was there anybody in your childhood that inspired you in terms of what you have come today that you look back on? Well, actually, my great-grandfather, who was a pretty well-known biochemist, I was very just impressed with his career and everything that he did going from Berlin. He helped to found a medical school in Japan and then came here and, you know, had much success, actually had some very important theories that he discovered, and I just wanted to have that same success. I wanted to start off actually being a doctor, just following in his footsteps, but organic chemistry got in my way in college, and I discovered that economics and history was really a much better path for me. Well, I want you to know, I'm going to brag a little, that my cousin, Arthur Kornberg, won the Nobel Prize as the biochemist. He was at Stanford. Oh, that's amazing. He probably would yes. have known that my great-grandfather, Leonor Michaelis, then. So, you know, this is a beautiful uh, world of brilliant people to have around you. And we kind of, uh, you know, Arthur is our shining star that we figure, all right, we all must be smart because Arthur was so smart. So you must be smart as well, Melissa, because, you know, I believe in the genetics. He actually identified the helix of the DNA. So he's considered the father of DNA. And, you know, I, I believe uh, as a teacher... I believe that, you know, you can mold children and you can really influence them. And then the more I learned about the world of DNA and what people are born with, you are so limited as a teacher because there's so much in us that uh, makes us who we are. So you had a wonderful role model. And, and how did you get into the business of mortgages? It's kind of a special niche. So when I graduated from college in 1982, I was given the option of did I want to go to graduate school? Did I want to, you know, go into business? And I was really intrigued by the retail banking platform and I got a job at Citibank and the man that uh, was my boss when I started at Citibank told me in 1982 that mortgage lending was be the wave of profitability in the future for banking and I should pay attention to it. So I heeded his advice and actually began in my career to helped Citibank establish a mortgage center where there were mortgage experts, uh, and I became the head of that for the 10 branches on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And that was really sort of at, at a point where mortgages were, you know, they were much simpler. You know, we didn't have as many options. Mortgage brokers back then were the people that had, you know, their advisors on, and they were the hard money lenders of those days, and it was not considered a a place to go if you were a well-qualified borrower to go to a mortgage broker 
or to go to a bank to, you know, shop around and figure out what product would be best for you. Um, and I understood that there was great opportunity there and that no one bank could serve the needs of all borrowers. And so I thought if by becoming a mortgage broker, if I could create a cooperative of different lenders that I represented, that I would have the ability to provide the right mortgage for every buyer. I'm so impressed. I mean, you're like me. You know, I'm a creator. You became an entrepreneur from corporate America. You became an entrepreneur for all practical purposes, correct? Absolutely. Well, I had my first job when I was nine years old. My parents got me a pony, and I decided I was going to teach riding lessons. Um, then I went on to <laughs> bake brownies at a, a general store on Martha's Vineyard during the summer. I actually got my mother to fund the first batch, and then I started making money doing that. And you know, So I've always been an entrepreneur really since a child. So, but if you worked for Citibank, how did you then go on as clients to offer mortgages too. I mean, how did you begin getting clients? You, you know, you, you knock on one door at a time. You literally and knocked I really, on I really knocked on doors. I would reach out to all the different real estate brokerage firms in the city and, and say, hey, I've got something special to offer. And in the early 80s, you know, condo development was really, that's when it really started to boom. And one of my clients when I was at Citibank was a marketing and sales company who would go out and they would represent various developers in the sale of their condominium. And I approached them and got them to actually come and uh, offer mortgages to their buyers from Citibank. And they came to me and said, well, why don't you come and work for us and we can start a separate division where they would take what was a cost center because they made sure that all mortgages and all buyers applied through their own offices. And they were making no money. It actually cost the money. Why not turn it into a profit center? And that's really where I got the idea in my head that, hey, I don't have to do this for someone else. I could actually go do it by myself. Well, you know, it's funny when you say co-op and condos. I started in 1985 like you did because I saw the condos and co-ops being turned, you know, all the rental properties were turning right. and were switching to co-ops and condos. And I believe to this day, actually, that when you own a property, you care about your neighborhood. So you want to read about your neighborhood. And so that's how I started my first community newspaper because of the co-op condo conversion. So it was, it was the 19, early, the mid 1980s were a great time for both of us. Yes. Yes. It's so interesting how lives connect in different ways. And, you know, developing a business like that. Um, you know, is it 24-7? I mean, how did you build a team? How were you able to maintain it and then go on and join this mega company? Well, you know, I basically, my, I've started my company and continue to this day to work with the philosophy that I'm only as good as my last mortgage and if you take everything one deal at a time. I have always been a hard worker, uh, pretty much 24-7 person. If I you know, if someone doesn't hear back from me in a few hours, they want to know if I'm in the hospital or what happened. Where did she go? But, you know, I understand that, you know, it's really important to have two things. One, obviously, you have to have a great product to sell, but also you have to have customer service. And that the most important thing that any person in any sales organization can do is to make sure that they're responsive to their clients, get back to them, have answers, and really try to become an expert in our field. Well, you know, I think that that is always, you said the magic word, you're a 24-7 person. And I think that's always been the key to people's success. 
What made you go from your own company to this larger company? What was the deciding point for you? In fact, unfortunately, the deciding point was Dodd-Frank. You know, after the Lehman Brothers crashed in 2008, the whole world of banking changed, and then Dodd-Frank came along with all new regulations, and many banks decided that they needed to limit the channels whereby they offered mortgages. And I was a mortgage broker at that time, and my wholesale channel, which is what mortgage brokerage is considered to be, I was basically eliminated at a number of banks. So I found myself in a position that I either had to become a banker, and I did not have enough time to make that pivot at that time, or to sell my company to a bigger mortgage bank in order to be able to uh, you know, continue in the mortgage brokerage business. I elected to sell my company. Uh, the people that I sold my company to really wanted my Rolodex and my staff, uh, the name of my company, and not so much me. So I stayed on for a couple It always happens when your company gets sold. I stayed on for a couple of years and then decided that, you know, it was time perhaps to do what I do, but do it on a smaller basis. When I sold Manhattan Mortgage, I had, you know, 150 employees and I was closing $5 billion worth of mortgages a year. I now have taken myself and, and created a smaller boutique team, uh, which is helped are led with me by my daughter, Sarah. So I'm very pleased to have her working with me and just, and, and really just focusing on, you know, providing, you know, superior service, the superior product, uh, in my marketplace, which is the same as your, your golden triangle of Manhattan, the Hamptons and Florida. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, we have so much alike. We, uh, you know, we really have to become better known to each other because my son is my CEO now. So I put my son into the business and have been able to grow exponentially because he is very knowledgeable about he was an investment banker. So, you know, how interesting when you can be able to be a platform that our children can jump on and Absolutely. grow. Isn't that wonderful? You know, and basic, so, yeah, I mean, basically it's like we allows us to hand our legacy onto our children, you know, and... You know, obviously, you know, we'd like to give our children gifts and be able to pass on a lot of other things, but being able to pass on your career and 40 years of hard work and which will be hopefully 50 or 55 before I actually retire, but just, you know, why being able to retire? share. Why would you retire? <laughs> I probably I never mean- will, but it, it sounds, it sounds good. I never will. But just the fact that, you know, being able to maintain the legacy and all of the decades of hard work that I've put into this business and allowing Sarah to grow it with me and to continue on with me is a wonderful thing. You know, I now spend more time in Florida, so I'm focused on really, you know, primary markets for me. Hampton's the city to a great degree, but and Florida, um, and really encouraging Sarah to help really build out the New York City marketplace for, for our team. Well, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to uh, segue into how do you think people can be successful? You've you've achieved great success in your career. What advice would you give others? That you take it one day at a time. You take it one client at a time. You create goals that you can achieve. You know, better always, and I always say, to under-promise and over-deliver. So don't reach out for the sky, the moon, and the stars day one, but, you know, set goals that you can actually meet and that you can accomplish. And don't 
ride on your laurels. You know, with the loan that you did yesterday or the deal that you did yesterday, well, that's not going to help you in today's deal. It'll help you with the education and the learning and the experience. But you have to treat each transaction, each client as a brand new client and the most important client in the world, no matter how small or how big the deal is. You know, you're a very wise woman. I'm so delighted to be talking to Melissa Cohn, who is the regional vice president of William Ravis Mortgage Company and a great success. So congratulations and keep on trucking and keep on doing. I will. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Signing off now, Victoria Sneps. Till next time. Bye.